Hi friends, this is Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver, and I'm your host, Sandra Peoples. To us, self-care isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. We need to take better care of ourselves so we can care for those God has entrusted to us. I am super excited today to welcome Katie M. Reed as our guest for episode 51. Uh, Katie and I are actually new friends. We haven't known each other very long, but we like find something that we have in common (laughs) almost every time that we talk to each other. So we're both pastors' wives, authors, podcasters, Enneagram Ones, and we both have siblings that have Down syndrome. And so it's such fun to have uh, new friends that share so many experiences and so many similarities personality-wise even. So as we get closer to Christmas, I wanted to invite Katie on to talk about her new book, A Very Bavarian Christmas. It's the fictional account of Holly Noel, a 30-something single woman who moves back home after a professional disappointment. Her dad had suffered from an aneurysm when she was seven, and their family's life had revolved around his care after that event. When she moves back home, she has to work through her feelings of disappointment in so many areas of her life, including as the daughter of a disabled man. Today, we're going to talk about the book with Katie. Now, I am going to stay totally spoiler free, so don't worry about that. How she related to Holly as a special needs sibling who understands family life revolving around one of the family members. And we're going to talk about why this is the perfect time of year for feel-good books like this one and share a couple of our other favorite comfort books and movies. So before Katie and I jump in, I want to mention an upcoming online conference that I'm hosting that I know you will love. It's called One Word for 2021. Many of us pick one word to focus on for the year, and as we end 2020, I've invited special needs moms who are friends of mine to share the one word God has put on their hearts to focus on in the new year. So stay tuned to the very end, and I will give you more details about that. All right, Katie, thank you for joining us. Let's start off with you introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about the inspiration for writing the book, especially after the success of your first book, which was nonfiction, another book that I really love, Made Like Martha, Good News for the Woman Who Gets Things Done. Well, thanks so much, Sandra, for having me. I'm Katie Reed. I live in the middle of Michigan. My husband, Adam's a pastor at our church. We have five lively children ranging in age from four to 16. We adopted our fourth child. So I'm an adoptive mama as well. I used to be a special education teacher. Now I homeschool our kids and am an author, speaker, podcaster of the Martha and Mary show. And um, I also love to coach creatives to help them live out their purpose. And so I am not bored. I like to have a to-do list and um, enjoy getting things done. Yes. Yes. I know. We have that in common. That's what I love about when we get to chat or even when we just cross paths. Cause I'm like, Oh, Katie's hustling again today. (laughs) It's an encouragement with all the things that we have going. So that's really cool. Thank you for joining me today. So we could talk about all that you have going on. Um, I really love the character of Holly and the growth that she goes through in this book. I love the, the personality that you gave her, the things that she overcomes. Um, This book isn't just about her finding love, which 
that's part of the story, <laughs> but that isn't even the focus of the story, which is really cool. Um, it's really about her facing issues that she's held on to, like since for decades as an early 30 something, things that she's held on to since her dad had his aneurysm when she was seven. As caregivers, we can relate to what it's like to have a dream of what our future would be like, uh, and then being disappointed because these things that we couldn't control happen to somebody we love, and then that just shifts all of the roles that we take on. When we got James's autism diagnosis, our dreams for him changed. <laughs> Some of them had to die, and, and there's a mourning process that happens through that, and then God builds that back up and shows you the new opportunities of the life he has called you to. And when it's a spouse or a parent who becomes disabled, there are lots of dreams that die and new ones have to evolve. So as you wrote Holly's journey, what elements were most important for you to include in that? Well, you know, I think so many of these like rom-com books can be kind of really fluffy, right? Yeah. And at the end of this year, we do need some of that. And I think <laughs> this book does that. However, I wanted it to be true to life too, that people could relate to some of those struggles. And whether you have a spouse that has special needs, needs or a parent or a sibling, I think sometimes, just like you said, there's that grieving process. You know, there's that, that whole gamut, the denial, the anger. I remember one time, probably, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago, I said to my husband, you know, I don't think I've ever really grieved having a brother with special needs. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, well, why would you grieve that? Aren't you glad, you know, you have your brother? Yeah. I'm like, I totally am. But I don't think I've ever really let myself be sad and process that, you know, I don't have a brother that drives a car. I mean, and I wouldn't trade my brother for anything, but it was an important part of the process. And Holly Noel, in A Very Bavarian Christmas, also has kind of been suppressing her feelings about her dad's disability. And it's really holding her back from yeah. moving forward. And so there is this grieving, but then there's also, she just wants things to be how they used to be. Yeah. And maybe that happened in your family too, Sandra, of you had, okay, diagnosis day before yeah. then, after then, you know, in the book, Holly talks about a, a BC and AD, you know, BC yeah. was before her dad's, you yeah. know, aneurysm AD was after that. And she could kind of mark her life that way. And so part of the journey that she goes on without giving it all away is she really has to face things aren't going to be like they were, but can there still be good? Can there still be acceptance in what the reality is now? Yeah, I do love that. And, and you give her so many opportunities to do that so many different ways, which I really appreciate because there is no like one size fits all for all of us and, and things happen at different times. And so I love that she is, she sees a therapist and that's helpful. She relies on her faith community and that's helpful. She has hard conversations with family members and all of those things really work together to help her process and move through what she's experiencing. And so I love that you weave all of those together to make her a really complete character and make it a really complete story. There's one scene that I like with 
her mom and her sister-in-law in the kitchen and and she brings up hard things and, and they share their perspectives and it just really increases the empathy that they have for each other. And I think that's a really important scene in her development. Right. And you know, people respond differently to different traumatic things, right? Her brother's coping mechanism was just to be funny and entertaining and the life of the party, but underneath he was really hurting. For Holly, it was more to be angsty, right? And to just kind (laughs) of show how she was feeling. But then she gets empathy for her mom too. Whereas Holly had kind of just been seeing things from one lens, you know, kind of selfishly. And then she realized like, oh my goodness, like, how was my mom feeling through all this? And what was that like to all of a sudden be a caregiver Yeah, when that is not, yes, you say for better, for worse, but she didn't think, you know, that that's what the worst would look like. Yeah. Yeah. And we say in the, in the disability community, it's a minority group that anybody could join at any time, a car accident, an aneurysm, a diagnosis at birth puts you in this community that you didn't plan to be in. And so you show that from a wide spectrum as we look at the stories of each character and how Holly increases her empathy for each one of them and how they go forward. And so that's really important. Um, Now this book isn't just for caregivers, even though we've talked a lot about the caregiving aspects of Holly's mom and then uh, how Holly does that as she comes back home. She has to step into that a little bit when she moves back in. Uh, But it's also about her job, her gifts as an artist and how she's learning. She had this one idea of what it meant to be an artist and then that expands as she meets new people and uses her skills in different ways. It's about friendship and community. It's about love. Uh, but waiting on God's perfect timing for that. Um, You and I, Katie, we both tend to be uh, planners. Like we like a good five to 10 year plan. Um, This is my favorite time of year, the end of the year where we get to start planning for the new year and we have our planners and our one word and our everything that goes into thinking about what God might be doing. But Holly had to remain open to possibilities and pivots and things that weren't on her plan. And so how did you learn from Holly as you wrote her and how did she and her character encourage you to stay open to possibilities? Well, you're reading my mail here Um, (laughs) (laughs) because yes, I do love to plan. Although I will say this year I've made far less plans because there's nothing more frustrating for a planner than knowing the likelihood of her plans not happening are very high. And so I didn't want to have a plan A through E, you know, I'm just like, let's wait, see what happens. And then I will make a plan. Yeah. But one of the big themes in a very Bavarian Christmas is that Holly learns to say yes to Christmas, even though that was the season that really brought her a lot of pain because it was around the time of her dad's aneurysm. So it just was always that reminder. But for her, you know, she's learning that saying yes to what God has, to the possibilities of the future, doesn't mean she's guaranteed how it's going to turn out. And so it's kind of learning to come to terms with There's not a guarantee, but it's worth the risk of opening our heart, right? And being able to see the possibilities instead of the limitations of what the future holds. And, you know, there's one part where she's grieving that her dad won't, you know, 
she doesn't know if he'll be at her wedding or not. The wedding doesn't happen in the book, you know, but she doesn't know. She just had this vision of her dad whispering this advice to her, you know, as she walked down the aisle, but she doesn't even know if he'll be there, that he would even be able to form that many sentences, right, without stuttering. And so she has to let that dream go. But yet that doesn't mean she has to let her dad go, you know, altogether. It was just that accepting reality, but yet still holding on to hope that they can enjoy um, parts of their relationship that are still intact and that might look different than expected. But I think the overall lesson is when we kind of shake our fist and demand, we want to go back to this idyllic situation, we're going to continually be held back. There's a, some original songs in the book. And one of them says, the key to peace is turning to face that which holds you down. The Mm -hmm. way to freedom is not out of reach. Turn the knob, let yourself be found. And for Holly, it was that really like she had that moment of, am I going to keep just feeling upset about this or am I going to learn to move forward? And isn't that the question for all of us? Yeah. Yeah. Especially this year, right? I mean, 2020, Whatever we planned a year ago didn't happen (laughs) in 2020. And so we've all had to evaluate what our priorities were, what was truly important, how we needed to stay open to what God was doing in a year that just has felt so chaotic and just so unplannable, (laughs) (laughs) which is a disappointment, you know, for for us, but then I think we can look back now at the end of the year and say, well, my plans didn't work out, but God's purpose still happened. And so that's what I rely on at times like this when I can't, when I realize the, how much control I don't have, and yet he still remains in control and sovereign over all that is happening in our lives. Absolutely. Um, Well, thank you for writing A Very Breverian Christmas and including this important storyline of disability in a family. There really aren't that many books that that deal with this topic. And so I'm I'm super excited (laughs) to spread the word about this one and to tell our audience more and more about these characters that I know they'll be able to relate to. Um, It's the perfect time of year for a book like this. Uh, We all want sweet stories (laughs) and happy endings, or at least the possibility of a happy ending, even if even if all the loose ends aren't tied up yet at the end. and so what other cozy Christmas books or movies did, do you like to watch and read this time of year? Does anything kind of stand out to you as something that brings comfort, especially at the end of a year that's been as unpredictable as this one has been? Yeah, you know, as a family, we love to watch Elf together and just laugh. And there's something comforting about knowing how something's going to turn out. You know, I heard someone say it reduces your anxiety, you know, as you know, Hey, this is going to all turn out. Okay. So we'd love to do that. But I also love little women, you know, it's not completely a Christmas one, but the Winona Ryder version, I particularly like, and I cry and, but it, but it still is just comforting to yeah. me, especially at this holiday season where we don't know if we're going to be extended family and all of that. It's just, that's a movie my sisters and I watched together. I also, as far as fiction books go, it's not necessarily a Christmas book, but um, it's called Hadley Beckett's Next Dish by Bethany Turner. And it's about these uh, two chefs that work on kind of like a, you know, 
Food Network. Yeah. And it's just a super fun fiction read. And I tend to like to read fiction over the holidays because I don't want to learn any new, <laughs> any new things. Although I hope my book, I think it does help teach people, but in a fun way. Yeah. But I just want to be able to check out and read a good fiction book that's lighthearted. You know, I'm not reading like thriller, killer mysteries or anything no. like that, but just a feel good um, movie helps me unwind and a feel good book. Yeah. I love that. Our older son, David does theater and just did the production of Elf Jr. last weekend. And so it, and the Broadway production is a little different from the movie, but it is one of those really sweet stories that is just perfect for this time of year. Um, so we've been very elfy this Christmas. And then I also really love, um, it's an old movie. It's on Disney plus though, if you have Disney plus and it's called, um, babes in Toyland. Like it has Annette Funicello in it. Do you remember this movie? Keanu from- Reeves too? No. Or, or older. Cause there's, yeah, there's a remake. Older. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah I if there's a remake, that. I'll have to look that one up, but it's, um, it's not as good as the one you're talking no. about. <laughs> But I even like bought the DVD and then when we switched to digital, I bought the digital version and now we have, now it's on Disney plus. So I'm like, Ooh, I can watch it from any screen in our house. And so that's my favorite, like comfort watch. Like you said, lowers that anxiety because we know how it's going to end, but there's still enough interest to keep you going and thinking. And, and it has, it's like a musical. So like Elf, well, the Broadway production is a musical. And so there's, songs in it. And so it's just really, it's really fun. And I was thinking, when I was thinking about this question, I was also thinking about Little Women, um, but the newer version. I I don't think I've even seen the older version. So I have to watch Ooh, You'll that. have to. You'll I know because my book club went to see the newer version and one of the members of the book club was like, no, it's not as good. And I'm like, well, I don't have anything to compare it to. So I liked it. Right. I liked that one too, but it, it's like a- comparing apples and oranges. They're just a different approach. And, um, but yeah, they're both really good. Yeah. That's so fun. This is such a, a, a time that entertainment, I mean, we can really say there's so many encouraging stories like the book that you've written that we can kind of settle into that take us away from the reality of our situation in a way, but not too far out that we can't learn something and apply it. And that's what I really loved about Holly's story and and how we could relate to it and say, yeah, it's a little bit of an escape, right? Because this is not my life, especially because we live south of Houston, you know, and so you, you set the setting is so beautiful. I can picture it in my mind and, and the snow and the Christmassy kind of town. And, and that's so different from my setting every day as we put up our Christmas tree, but we're still wearing shorts and flip-flops, right? <laughs> so there's a little bit of escapism, but there's, it's still enough that I can relate to that it, it still teaches me something. And so... It's just, it really was, Katie, like the perfect read for this time of year. And I really love that you um, took a chance on writing fiction and and gave this story to us so that we could learn from it and and enjoy it. It's really, it's a, it's a gift to us this Christmas. And so, well, thank you so much. And I just want to mention quickly, especially for your podcast audience, that there is a part where there's some music therapy for some special needs um, kids in the book. And I just love that the arts are so important 
to me. And I've just seen God use that in my, when I was a special ed teacher and just my own family, you know, my brother sings completely off key, but I think he pleases God's heart more than I do when he sings. And he used to be part of choir in our high school and it was so life giving to him. So I wanted to weave that part into the story too, that, you know, music can be such a gift, you know, to anybody, but especially sometimes to those uh, with special needs. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you even have a young character in the book who has down syndrome and we meet him a couple of different times. And so it's just such a true to life book and a complete community that you have created here. And so it's really awesome that you have included what's true for my family and what's true for your family. And that is disabilities and people with disabilities and their caregivers and how we add something to the communities that we're in and the churches that we're in. So, so many important elements throughout that. All right, Katie, thank you again for joining me today. I I really am so thankful for our friendship and for both of your books (laughs) that I can relate to in so many ways. I listened to your first one on audiobook, and I love that because, because you're a podcaster, I'm familiar with your voice. And so it felt like you were there encouraging me as I listened to the first one because it was such a, um, you were just, hearing your voice in it made a more special connection. And then I have the Kindle version too. So I could go back and underline the things that I wanted to remember. But um, that's such a, having two books from you that I relate to in so many ways is really, really cool. Um, I end each episode in prayer. So let me lead us in prayer today for the caregivers who want to face each day with hope, (laughs) like Holly learned to do. And um, just, some encouragement for them as we close. So God, you teach us how to be more like your son in so many different ways. The Holy Spirit moves through scripture. He moves through our time with other believers. And even in the stories we hear that remind us of truths that we find in your word. Thank you for using Katie to write the hope-filled story of Holly. As caregivers, we can relate to her in so many ways. We also want to trust in your plan for our lives and our loved ones like Holly learned to do. Thank you for cozy Christmas stories that bring us joy this time of year. And thank you for your son whose birth, life, death, and resurrection made it possible for us to find true joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Katie, let us know where we can find you all the places online. Um, Mention your podcast again, because this is the time of year where we all, uh, like I always say, I can parent James with somebody talking in my ear because he doesn't require a lot of words, (laughs) but he does require my attention. And so podcast, I up my podcast listening this time of year because I can do so many things while still listening. Yeah. So the podcast is called the Martha and Mary show. And I'm actually reading um, chapter one of a very Bavarian Christmas, like an audio version, if people want to check that out. But my co-host Leanine Heiss and I, we talk about lots of different topics from our different lenses. And this past summer, I did one about my brother as well. So if people want to check that out, but you can find all that at katiemreed.com and read is R-E-I-D. If you click on books, you can learn more about Made Like Martha or A Very Bavarian Christmas. And if you're wanting to do like a virtual book club, or if you're 
you know, can do an in-person book club. We have a book club kit for a very Bavarian Christmas. So if you buy two or more copies, it could be ebook or paperback. Um, there's trivia, a deleted scene, a playlist, discussion questions that we would love to gift to you and just help you have, as I like to say, a happy Holly day because <laughs> it's all about Holly. And then on Instagram, I'm KDM Reed and on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, all the things. All the places. <laughs> it's so fun. That's so cool. All right. Well, I will include all those links in the show notes on this episode, which is at sandrapeoples.com slash the podcast. And so they'll be able to find all of those in one place so they can figure out where to connect with you. So as promised, I'm going to tell our audience about something super exciting that's coming at the end of this month. It's an online conference called One Word for 2021. So as Katie and I have talked about today, 2020 has been challenging for all of us, but God does his best work in challenging situations. And as we move into 2021, I'm asking God for one word to focus on, one word that he will use to help me grow in godliness and keep me abiding in him. I want to share that one word with you, and I've invited friends of mine who are also special needs moms to share their one word with you. So this is a virtual conference. It's happening starting December 28th, and you can find out how to purchase your ticket on the website today, and that link is also in the show notes, sandrapeoples.com slash the podcast. And so I'd love for you to join me so we can experience together what God wants to do through us in 2021 and face the new year with uh, anticipation and optimism <laughs> and really turn that over to God and see what he wants to do in our lives and in our families. So Katie, thank you again for joining me today. It really was fun to get to spend time with you and even face to face because we're recording this on video that my Patreon supporters get to see. So if you want to see Katie, like I get to see Katie today, then you can check out patreon.com slash Sandra Peoples to, to connect with me there. Well, thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. I hope you have a happy holiday. Happy holiday. All right. Great. Thank you, Katie.